Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. All right, all right. So I, so I realized, guys, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, I introduced myself to you guys, but I really only met Michaela yesterday. I really only picked on Michaela. So real quick, guys, I just, I just want to meet you. All right, so on the count of three, shout out your name. One, two, three. Yeah. Yep, Ethan, good to meet you, man. Was there an Ethan? I definitely heard somebody yell Ethan, but you went with Waldo? Okay, well, I seriously doubt, I want, it's not that I doubt, I know you're not a student, so let's try that again. One, two, three. Yep, oh yeah, totally got that. Good to meet you guys. <laughs> All right, so we got we to gotta focus in here as we get ready to jump back into the word. So let's do our... Let's do our word wave, loosen up a little bit, wake up a little bit. I know that that was a a really cool video, a cool uh, image for us to process, but with the lights down and with some of you only getting two hours of sleep, that might have kind of lulled you a little bit. So let's wake back up. All right. Ladies, fellas, we're going front to back. All right. Y'all are starting it. Ready? Front to back. One, two, three. Word. That was a good one. Good job, honey. Good job. All right, Addy, you're going to start it then. Ready? One, two, three. Word. There we go. There we go. Nice. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, guys. Excited to be jumping back into the Word with you this morning. Um, yesterday, to kind of give us a, a quick recap, our key passage was coming out of Ephesians 2.10. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And remember, kind of our big idea that we needed to process here was understanding God's design, the design. We will only see the incredible work God wants to do with us and through us if we can start by seeing why he wants you a part of the picture. That that phrase, for we are his workmanship, okay, remember that word workmanship, it literally means skill, Okay, that through creation, we see images of God's power and creativity. And remember that phrase, fiat ex nihilo, he's speaking things into existence. But then we get to Genesis 2, 7, he gets hands on with us. So you are a handcrafted product of God's power and creativity. So to try and claim that he messed up with you, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense. So guys, I hope and I pray that between last night and this morning, you've started to wrestle with this idea and hopefully we're going to be able to move forward from that this morning. Now, if you were able to to wrestle with this concept that yes, God wants me a part of the picture, maybe you're starting to look at your individual story. Because guys, here's the reality. We've all had a lot of different experiences in our lives. We've all had a lot of different experiences in our lives. And even last night, thinking about that that glow stick exercise, some of them were fun, some of them were not. To all of you who raised your glow stick saying cats are superior to dogs, I'm going to pray for you um, because you're nuts. But but guys, towards the end, towards the end of that illustration, 
It started asking questions about whether or not you're in a home with both families, if you've regretted a social media post, if you've ever been bullied, if you've ever bullied somebody else. And you start to think and realize that we've all had these different experiences in our lives, that if God is trying to do something with me and do something with my life, then how are these negative experiences supposed to fit into that? Does it really fit? And the reality is, guys, we experience things in our lives that seem like they shouldn't be a part of our story. That shouldn't have happened to me. Why did God allow that to happen? Why did I have to go through that? Why am I experiencing this stress and anxiety? Why am I experiencing this depression? Why am I thinking about killing myself? Why am I losing people around me that I love? Why am I addicted to pornography? Why am I always lying? Why am I always talking behind people's backs? Why are people always spreading rumors about me? Whatever it might be, Each and every one of us has a different story, but at the same time, we have the same story because we all have these experiences that we step back and go, I would rather this not be a part of my journey. This this doesn't add up. This can't be God's plan. And when we start to add up all of these negative experiences, the question no longer becomes, does it fit, But, but do I fit? And those experiences... It causes us to feel like we shouldn't be a part of God's story because I've done too much. I've seen too much. I've, I've gone too far away from God. I've messed up too many times. And what I love about that video, this illustration, is that what God calls us to is to be lights in the darkness. As as we let our light shine, we draw people to that light. And that's such a cool analogy. That's such a uh, cool illustration. But when we start to add up all of these negative experiences, all of these issues we struggle with, all these different things we've felt and and gone through, we start to think, okay, God designed me and, and he wanted me a part of the story, but I screwed it up. Maybe at one point God desired me, but I've messed that up. I've screwed that up. I've just everything I've gone through. Maybe that was true for me at one point that God wanted me in the picture, but it's not the case anymore. So guys, what we have to do now is we have to get a different view of things. We have to gain a new perspective. And that's kind of our goal for this morning. We're going to be looking at trying to gain a new perspective. Now, guys, just to kind of test you a little bit here, all right, I'm going to show you an image on the screen, and it's going to be hyper-zoomed in. I want to see if you guys can figure out what it possibly might be. So let's see that first one. Any, any guesses? A tree? That's a very, that's a, oh, branch. Okay, I, was, I thought you meant a whole tree. Like, that's a small tree. A branch? Okay. A, p- a piece of wood? Hair. A what? Hair. Hair. I'm like, did anybody get grossed out thinking that that might be what your hair looks like? That's really nasty if it's hair. What else? What else? A dog bone? An insect? A s- thread? Not? No. What? What's that next picture? Way to go, guys. The stem, the stem of an apple, stem of an apple. All right, I think, I think you guys might get this one pretty quick. What's the next one, Aubrey? I heard cheese, but yes, it is, it is a pencil. It is a pencil. All right, I, whoop, we'll see. 
That was way too quick. That was way too quick. Shh. Stop talking about him. Guys, I'll be honest. When it asked, have you ever cried at a Disney movie? Right after Mirabelle's left out of the family picture. Oh, man, that cut me deep. That cut me deep. That's not a spoiler. It's at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> All right, you got a homework assignment. You got to get home. You got to watch Encanto. All right, one more, one more. Spider-Man from the poster. Spider-Man No Way Home. All right. Now, guys, I can't take credit for this joke, but, like, if you look at the progression, I think we can guess where they're going. So you get Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, Spider-Man No Way Home. I think the fourth one's going to be Spider-Man Homeless. I mean, it's, it's just kind of the natural, it's the natural progression. He had No Way Home, and now he's homeless. Like, or home, oh, or home at last. No, no, that's five. He's homeless, and then home at last. But... <laughs> all right, all right. We can we can continue our our Marvel debates later. But guys, with each of these with each of these images, okay, with this you know kind of this little game we did, the concept here that I wanted you guys to see is sometimes you need to zoom out. You have to back up to be able to gain a new perspective to see what's really going on. And you think about our relationship to God and how he sees things and how we see things. We need to un- understand something. God is infinite, right? So we are created finite beings. Finite means we are not infinite. We are created finite beings trying to understand an infinite creator God and his plan. And because of that, we could use some help. Sometimes we got to step back, get a new perspective. We have to zoom out. So guys, like I said last night, I really encourage you to bring a Bible with you. But guys, there are really, there's two ways to kind of study scripture. Okay, you can jet ski or you can scuba dive. All right, anybody ever been jet skiing? It's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Anybody ever been scuba diving? Yeah, all right, what about snorkeling? Okay, yeah, snorkeling. Yeah. No. So, shh, shh. but guys, jet skiing is a lot of fun. You can see a lot of cool things, but scuba diving is really cool too. And in one sense, you're moving really fast and you're seeing a lot of different things, but scuba diving, you're diving really deep in one area. And you can study the Bible the same way. You can read straight through and just kind of blow right through a bunch of different chapters of scripture, which is really cool. You see a lot of unique things, but there's a lot of value in digging deep into one small section of scripture as well. And I really encourage you guys to kind of read through your Bibles in that way. Some days, some days you got to jet ski, some days you got to scuba dive. Today, we're going to be jet skiing a little bit. And I want to look with you guys at the life of Joseph. Now, the story of Joseph, guys, it goes through over 13 chapters in scripture, and we're just not going to be able to read through 13 chapters in Genesis this morning, so we're going to jet ski here. And I want to look at the, at the life of Joseph, and I want you guys to see something. If Joseph focused in on one singular experience, if he focused in on one particular experience, he probably would have been looking at life, looking at his relationship with the Lord a lot differently. 
All right, so I'm gonna need you guys to help me out here. So the life of Joseph, the first thing we see about Joseph is amongst all of his brothers, he is the favored son. So guys, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go through the life of Joseph here. Every time I read off this phrase and we get to the but, I need you guys to help me out. So Joseph is the favored son. You guys say it with me. But his brothers hate him for it. His parents, they come to him, and maybe you guys have heard of his coats of, of many colors, but he is this favored son. All of his brothers are out working the field. They're sweating all day, and he's staying home. He's studying the scriptures. He's learning how to be a leader. So he's got this easy life compared to his brothers. So in one sense, you think his life's great. He's the, he's the favorite kid. But in the other sense, the people he wants to spend time with, his brothers, they can't stand him for it. All right, we got to zoom out a little bit. What we see next is that Joseph, he starts having these dreams of ruling one day, but his brothers, they resent him for it, and they think about killing him, and then they say, well, that's a little harsh. Let's sell him into slavery. Joseph has has these dreams of, of cows and of wheat and And basically, the images he's getting is that one day he is going to rule over his family. And you think, man, he's the favored son. He's going to be the boss one day. But again and again, he keeps meeting resistance because of this life that the Lord has placed before him. So even though he gets sold into slavery, he gets blessed. Joseph gets promoted to a position of power. A woman's lie gets him in prison. He starts working for this guy as his slave, and he manages this guy's household. He manages his stuff so well that he says, man, I'm going to promote you. I'm going to entrust to you my entire household, all all my money, all my stuff. I'm going to trust you with it. But this guy's wife looks at Joseph. This guy's wife looks at Joseph, and she goes, mm, he fine. And she wants to try and sleep with him. And Joseph says, nah, he actually says, he says, I will not sin against you and against God by sleeping with you. And he runs away, but she lies about it. She lies about it and gets him thrown into prison. Joseph's just trying to do the right thing, but life has other plans, more and more negative experiences. While he's in prison, Joseph helps his fellow prisoner. The guy forgets about him once he's freed. While he's in prison, Joseph comes into contact with these two guys, and Joseph has another one of those dreams. And he tells them, he says, one day you're going to be freed. You're going to be returned to your position in the king's court. And once that guy gets out of prison, even though when he was in there, he said, oh, Joseph, like, I'll tell the king about you. I'm going to get you out too. And once the guy's freed from prison, he forgets that Joseph's in there. So Joseph's now sitting in prison, not knowing what to do. And then finally, he's freed. The king needs him. Joseph is freed from prison. Now famine's coming. They're going to run out of food. People are going to start dying, getting sick, all this craziness. Joseph, again, he has a dream. He has an ability to help the nation of Egypt. He has an ability to help them. And Pharaoh promotes him to a position of power again. He has this dream to save everyone, a plan of how he can save up wheat and grain and materials so that way once famine comes, the people can survive. No, there's no but there. (laughs) Not yet. 
<laughs> but guys, I need you to see something. If Joseph focused in on one situation in his life, it was one step forward, two steps back. And I don't know if you guys have ever felt like that where you feel like, oh man, things are finally starting to go good for me and then all of a sudden, boom, it gets worse. I finally feel like things are starting to work out and then you fail a test. I finally feel like I'm starting to get better and then, oh, I got benched. I finally feel like I'm starting to be accepted and then, oh, you find out that there was a rumor that was started about you. And you feel like you're able to make progress in life and then you fall back, and, but we need to zoom out. Sometimes we can't see what God wants to do with us just yet because we aren't seeing the big picture. We aren't seeing the big picture. Now guys, I don't know if you've ever seen photos like this, but it's, it's like a perspective trick. Like have you ever seen a photo of somebody that looked like they were dunking the sun like a basketball because they were like able to line up the picture perfectly or people at the, the, the Leaning Tower of Pisa where they're able to get far enough away where it looks like they're holding up the tower, uh, but it's a perspective trick, right? That you're able to position yourself far enough away from something that you look bigger than you actually are. That you look bigger than you actually are. So, you know, I was debating on whether or not I, I, I was gonna do this, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna need your help, big man. What's your name? John. John. Get on up here, John. And just, and let me... Let me see here. Riley, I need you to help me out. Can you help me out? Okay. Come here, Riley. She got to put her notes down. All right, Riley, go ahead and come up here. And uh, who's bigger, John or Riley? <laughs> she, she may be bigger in personality, but physically, physically, John. Okay, now, John, I'm gonna ask you to do me a favor. I want you to go to the back of the carpet there. Okay. All right, and Riley, I want you to come stand right here, but I want you to face me. It's okay, you're not gonna have to stare at everybody. <laughs> All right, but guys, this is a perspective trick. In this moment, from my point of view, Riley's bigger than John. And even if I shift my position a little bit, I can't even see him. From this perspective, I can't even see John. I can't see what he's doing. All right, so Riley looks bigger than him, and, uh, but we know that he's not. Or we know that she's not bigger than John, that Riley's not bigger than John. But from this perspective, it looks that way. And to the point where I can't even see him. All right, so it's an interesting perspective trick. Thank you so much, Riley. That's all I need you for. Thanks, John. Give him a, yeah, give him a hand, guys. See that? You see how they put one foot in front of the other and then stood? Like, that's impressive. Like, I think you all could do that. But guys, I want to challenge you with something. When we get into situations in life where our experiences or our sin are so overwhelming to us, we feel like we're not able to overcome them. Is it that we can't overcome them or that we have chosen to position ourselves closer to our problems rather than to God? Because in this analogy, I couldn't see John because I decided to position myself right in front of my problem. No offense, Riley. You're not a problem, but in the analogy. But I decided to position myself right in front of my problem where it seemed bigger than God. I couldn't see God. I, I didn't know what was going on. 
But what I needed to do, I needed to zoom out. I needed to back away from my problem so I could see God again, to see where he was at. And then I could make the choice to pursue him. Now, we all know that John was bigger than Riley. We all know, or I hope you know, and maybe this is the first time you're hearing this, that God is bigger than any problem or sin or situation you got going on. But it might not seem that way because you've placed so much distance between yourself and God to where your sins and your situations and irritating experiences and issues, they seem huge, they seem massive, but they only look that way because you've placed them right in front of your face. And we need to zoom out. We need to gain a new perspective so we can see God working in the background. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now guys, I think through some of my experiences and I know, trust me, I know, I'm super cool and handsome now. Uh, but when I was 12, 13, I'm not, I'm joking. But when, I'm, when I was 12, 13, I certainly was not. I don't know why the trend was to get frosted tips, to bleach just the tips of your hair. And I decided to do that. <laughs> and I was a bigger kid, so I had frosted tips, glasses, I was heavier, and I had braces all at the same time. I was, I was killing it. I was slaying it. <laughs> But, but guys, from sixth grade to eighth grade, I had no friends. I was being beat up at school. I have a brother who's four years older than me, and at the time, we have a good relationship now, but at the time, he was physically abusing me at home. So I had no friends. I was getting beat up at school. I was getting beat up at home. So I was depressed. I was having suicidal thoughts. I was craving love and acceptance that so led to an addiction to pornography. And I walked through all this junk in my life. And then once I accepted Jesus the summer before my freshman year in high school, my problems weren't magically fixed. I didn't become super popular and gate a bunch of friends just because I accepted Jesus. But he healed me of my depression. He healed me of my suicidal thoughts. And I started, the, I started to become more and more confident in who I was in Christ that I started to find relationships. And I started to find acceptance. And I realized all of those things in the moment, if I could, I would, I would wish them out of my life in the moment. But now, the, guys, the amount of times I've been able to have conversations with young people who are going through depression, who are going through suicidal thoughts, the amount of times I've been able to talk with young men who are struggling with pornography is crazy. Why? Because God used all of those negative experiences in my life. He is now using them for good. My older brother, like I said, he's four years older than me, from ages 16 to 32, he struggled with serious addiction, including like an eight-year addiction to heroin. He was in prison a couple of times. And you know what? He is, he's been clean and sober for five months. And two weeks ago, he went and he shared his story at a convention for people trying to overcome addiction. So even though he lost his kids, he lost his wife, he spent time in prison. And even though it took 16 years, God is starting to use all of the negative experiences in his life for good. But... I had to zoom out. My brother had to zoom out. We had to get some distance away from our problems to see what God was capable of. So Joseph has this dream about how to save everyone and what 
God wanted to do with Joseph. The big picture is Joseph saves everyone, including the family that betrayed him. So even though Joseph came up against harsh experience after harsh experience, difficult season after difficult season, when Joseph zoomed out enough, when he got a big enough perspective, he could finally see what God wanted to use him for. And it was saving an entire nation, including the family that betrayed him. And guys, here's what I love about Joseph's story. It's so incredibly, incredibly beautiful. Is that towards the end of Joseph's story, his brothers, they come from their home and they come to where he's at in Egypt and they don't recognize him at first. He's got on new threads. He doesn't really look like he used to. It's been a long time and they don't recognize him. And Joseph, he finally decides to reveal himself. He looks at his brothers and he says, it's me, it's your brother, Joseph. And he and his brothers, the ones that betrayed him, the ones that sold him into slavery, they all fall on their knees and they hug each other and they weep because they are finally reunited. They are finally reconciled. And what took place, and Joseph is meeting their wives and their kids and his family as it's grown. And his family is meeting his wife and his kids. And they're all realizing, look what we missed out on, but look how good God has been through all of this. That Joseph's design, Joseph's story was bigger than just his situation and his circumstance. Joseph had a plan for him that was bigger than him. And we need to realize that through this plan, we are all interwoven together. So even though you might be walking through a difficult season, a difficult experience, God wants to use that and potentially to influence maybe not one or two, but potentially dozens, hundreds of people as you come across them in your life. You guys, our key passage for this evening or this morning is Ephesians 2, verses 17 through 22. You can follow along on the screen. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So it's saying Jesus came and he took you who are far off and he's gonna bring you and make you a member of his family. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Holy Spirit. We are all being interconnected into this story. We are all being woven together into this kingdom tapestry. But if you look at one singular thread, okay, think about that massive tapestry, that, the 20-foot one. If you removed one string, it wouldn't make any sense to you. If you remove one negative experience out of your life, it's not gonna make any sense. But when you wait long enough, when you zoom out and when you see the big picture, you see what God's trying to create, but you also see all of the lives that you could potentially impact because God is weaving us all together and he wants to use all of these experiences. To kind of give you guys an example of this, I love doing this. And I encourage you guys to kind of do this for yourself. But when you back up a little bit, you can kind of build a spiritual family tree and start to see the people who have influenced you. So let's just 
humor me here, guys, for a second here. Let's kind of build your spiritual family tree for a second. You've all been brought here this weekend for a reason, and the Lord orchestrated it for me to be here. So if we look at this spiritual family tree, that for me to be here and speak to you is, or for you to be here, you're hearing from me. I ended up here because of a guy by the name of Brian Ferguson, who is an executive pastor at Highland Heights Baptist Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. He mentored me, he poured into me, but he ended up where he was at because of a guy by the name of David Adams, who started a ministry program at the college where he went to. And that guy, David Adams, he started that ministry program because of an 11th grade English teacher named Mrs. Schlafly, who shared the gospel with him. So you have this average individual, this 11th grade English teacher. She's not speaking and preaching to tens of thousands of people. She doesn't have a bunch of money. She doesn't have this massive house, but she just shares the gospel with her students. And one of her students is David Adams. And David Adams goes and he starts a ministry program at Liberty University where Brian Ferguson went to school. And after that, he mentored me. And now I have the opportunity to be here and and talk with you. And you can kind of build this spiritual family tree and go, man, I've never met this woman. And she actually, I believe she passed away not too long ago. I've never met her. I have no connection to her whatsoever. But yet our stories have become intertwined amidst all of my negative experiences and everything that's happened. God has used all of it into this bigger picture, this bigger story. So guys, this kind of becomes our main point for this morning is how is God weaving us all together and weaving in all of our negative experiences? God uses everything in our lives to create a wonderful masterpiece and through our shared experiences, he connects us all together through himself. We all are joined together because of Jesus and what he's trying to do in and through us. So guys, I challenge you this weekend that you may have left a broken home. You may have left an abusive home. You may have left an abusive relationship at home. You may have uh, had a moment to kind of come up for air where normally you're, you're dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts or stress and anxiety. You may have a moment this weekend to zoom out and see the bigger picture of what God might want to do with you and who you could potentially impact. So guys, here's what's so cool about this. When you start to see that God wants you a part of the picture, then you can start to see all the people that you would possibly be connected to in that picture. So guys, God has so much more for us that I want us to continue to search together, continue to dig into the word together, and I'm so looking forward to being able to do that more this evening. But right now, I want you guys to have time to process. So I'm gonna close in prayer, and then you guys are gonna go to a discussion time with your leaders, all right? So once I close in prayer, don't run off. Find your leader and they'll uh, let you know where to go next. So guys, would you pray with me? Father, I praise you. I thank you so much that it says in your word, you are going to use, you work all things together for good. The good, the bad, the ugly. It does not matter. You want to use all of it. It's a part of how we're wired. It makes us who we are, and you want to use it for good. But God, would you help us to zoom out? Would you help us to see the big picture, to gain a new perspective? 
We might be walking through a valley. We might be walking through a desert, a really tough place right now. But Father, would you help us to see that that is not what defines us? That's not our full story. That's not the big picture. You are creating something beautiful in us. You are creating something. You are creating a masterpiece with us. But we're not going to be able to see that if we become hyper-focused on our problems, if we position ourselves closer to our sins and problems, and we distance ourselves from you. So God, help us to see how you want to use us. Help us to gain that new perspective. We praise you. We thank you for our time together. We pray things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.